for coaches, by coaches. This is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterling. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. Hey everybody, welcome to Soccer Chat. Uh, this is the, the big thing from the Twitter now. You know, we're going from Twitter to podcast. My name is Sean Sauter and I'm here with Nicholas Rizzo. And, and we want to take this soccer chat one step further than just every Wednesday night on, on Twitter. We want to expand it to where... You know, Nick made the great comment one time of 140 characters is not enough uh, with, with some of our answers. Uh, and the whole purpose of soccer chat is to make connections and networking with other coaches that we would never met. And this is honestly the first time that Nick and I have ever spoken other than last night doing like a little test run. Um, but that's the kind of what soccer chat's all about is connecting coaches from, from all over. And cause we all are here doing the exact same thing, maybe different age groups. Uh, but the ideas and the philosophies and things that we want to do are all the same. And this is a great chance for coaches to connect. Uh, you're going to be able to submit questions to us. We're going to have guests on uh, from time to time. And it's just, uh, it's a, it's for coaches by coaches. And it's just a place for coaches to, to, to put this on your, on your phone or your listening device, crack open a drink and just sit back and, and, and take it all in. Uh, so like I said, you know, Nick, this is really the first time we've ever really connected. Uh, I don't know anything about you. You don't really know anything about me other than we tweet back and forth. Uh, for about the last month, uh, but you know, tell everybody, uh, tell everybody about your background. No, for sure. I I think uh, by the way, I found out a little bit earlier tonight that Sean was a broadcasting major, so his voice skills are probably going to be a little bit more fine tuned than mine. But uh, no, it's it's been fun and uh, it's awesome that hey, way. But don't forget, I was a radio DJ, face for radio. Okay, keep that in mind. <laughs> no, I mean that's all you need, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, a little bit of background on me. Um, I grew up Chicagoland area, um, Chicago suburbs, Wheaton, Illinois, and uh, grew up, went to a school called St. Francis Private Catholic School. And then I played for Chicago Fire, which actually ended up becoming the academy the year after I left. They did not have academies when I was in high school. And then the year after I left, that's when they, all the Chicago Fire, Chicago Magic, Chicago Soccer started forming around there. And I went to a school called Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa. Um, and that's where I did my three years of playing or four years of playing. And then right when I got there, actually, I started kind of getting interested in coaching just because I saw my college coach. I thought it was pretty cool that he was making money for doing soccer for a career. So I was at, started asking about it. And uh, he started getting me hooked up with local programs. And I, for whatever reason, I got hired as the local varsity high school coach of a soccer team when I was a sophomore. So I was 19, 20 years old coaching 18 year olds and fell in love with it from there and really just kind of took off after that. I started getting licenses, started talking to as many coaches as possible, and then got really into it after that with going into my GA at Aurora and then was assistant coach up at St. Mary's in Minnesota. And then about January of last year, got hired down here in Monmouth, Illinois. And that's where I've been for the past year and about six months now. So we kind of have a similar background. Um, so when I was in high school playing, my coach uh, was was English and always told me that I'd make a great coach. And I was like, no way, no way. It's never going to happen. And my senior year, my mom volunteered me to coach with her best friend for a U7 girls team uh, in the local rec program. And I had fun while I did it, but I was like, never again, not going to happen. Got to college. Uh, I grew up in Indiana. I uh, went to a junior college, Vincent's University, and my coach there uh, said the same thing. Hey, I think you make a great coach. You're enthusiastic. Uh, you know, you seem to have fun with, with playing. And he gave me the same, same as you, gave me the, the connection into the local club. I was with a U14 girls team 
And I'll never forget those two hours. My very first session uh, was the absolute worst two hours of my life <laughs> um, because I went into it thinking, oh, well, I've played for so long and, and I've, you know, I've been around uh, two really good coaches. Uh, you know, I, I know what to do wrong. I, it was, like I said, it was, and those girls, they know, I, I even said the same thing. Like I told them as time went on, like that was the worst two hours of my life. And then I'm a person of, I, I, I don't want to be bad at something. I, you know, I've, I've got to reach out. I've got to learn. I've got to really get into it. And after that first session, you know, I went back to my college coach and was like, I, I obviously don't know what I'm doing. You know, what, what do I need to do? And like you said, he, he showed me about licensing and, and, uh, coaching courses and, um, got me connected with that. And, you know, I, I took licensing while I was in college to get started. And much like you, my, uh, sophomore slash senior, super senior season, I guess is what we call them in Juco. Now I was a varsity, uh, girls coach. It was my first ever, like really big coaching experience at a really, really small high school in a farm town in Indiana. Uh, enjoyed it there. I uh, had the opportunity a couple years after that from our success to become a JV coach uh, at the third largest school in Kentucky. Uh, but the thing I liked about that was it introduced me to a guy who now I consider, you know, not just a, a role model and mentor, but he's one of my best friends uh, that, that taught me a lot about coaching because he had been doing it for a long time. Uh, and Scott, I know you're listening. That's, that is an old joke. You know, I learned so much in my time with him uh, in the three years that I was with him. You know, he introduced me to the NSCAA convention and, and, and books about, about coaching just opened up my mind more that, you know, I, I just, I tried to soak it in. And after that, I, I left to take a head coaching job back in Indiana uh, with a boys team. We went on to be the uh, highest scoring team in the state of Indiana. Uh, from there had, had great success with those boys, uh, another small farm school. Then I had the opportunity to go to a division one school, uh, university of Evansville, I had worked their camps uh, previously and gotten in really well with uh, the current head coach, Marshall Ray, and uh, former head coach, Mike Jacobs, who's now with the Sporting Kansas City. Got in with those guys, was able to uh, to join their staff and learn so much from them. It just it blew my mind because the, the coaching in college aspect really intrigued me and then was able to uh, transfer that into working with a good friend of mine uh, at Austin Rogers University in West Virginia. Uh, doing recruiting and, and scouting for them. And it's just, it's like, like you said, like it, it was so cool to see, Hey, here's guys around sports getting paid to teach people to kick a ball. And and that's, that's, it's fascinating. I, I, and I'm sure you get the same thing. If you have kids that are interested, they'll be like, so like, do you make money doing this? Or are you just out here for fun? <laughs> I, I'm sure you get the same thing. Like a lot of my friends are like, you have the greatest job in the world. <laughs> oh, God, you're yeah. around sports. You're paid to be around sports. It may not be a sport they like, but you're paid to be involved with sports. And and that is a cool thing. No, absolutely. I think it's funny because like, I'm sure like exactly like you said, it's when you go and you tell people you're a coach for whatever reason, it's one of those things that people are just immediately intrigued. They're like, well, like they, I, I, so like last weekend I was out and hanging with a bunch of people that I'd never met before in my life. And I mentioned that I was for a job, I was a college soccer coach and I got pelted with questions. I probably for the next like half hour, just like nonstop trying, because people are just intrigued by this concept that you get paid to do sports. And I, I always think about it. Like when we're in our staff meetings at, as an institution, like taking a step back and you're like, wow, like at the end of the day, like we are an enhanced form of an entertainment industry and are a, a dumb, a dumbed down form of an entertainment industry. And it's just, it's very fun to 
really go and delve into a little bit more of that and try to figure out why it's so intriguing to other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I got lucky that, um, my father-in-law was a baseball coach, won state championships and had coached in many places. And in, in, while I was in Kentucky, I I started getting into teaching. That's where I met my, my wife at. And I really liked education. Like for whatever reason, I, I, I liked it. I thought, Hey, like I can educate kids in a topic that I'm interested in. And I've always been a, a person that wants to see the sport of soccer grow in America because I know it, I know that there's the potential is untapped and unlimited. Like you said, it is an entertainment business. And I, as a coach myself, I want my teams to play entertaining because I want people to come to the games. The previous high schools that I was at were schools that like the first game, there'd be like the parents and maybe three kids there. And I was like, this isn't going to work. Like we have to have a home field advantage with the crowd and we want people to come watch us play you have to have that entertainment aspect of it of, can you make your team play? Well, like I, I tell my, my, my wife is a school principal and my father-in-law is superintendent. And I tell them all the time, like anytime that they email each other about professional development things within education, I want to know it too, because there's really no difference between coaching and teaching. We're just doing different subjects. Yep. You know, my wife was, was an English teacher and I teach soccer. So there's really no different. The, the, the message and what we're trying to do with as a, as a leader, as a coach, and as an educator, as a coach, is no different than that of a teacher. Our classrooms are different and our subject is different. No, our athletic director here, who I respect a ton, he's, one, he's probably my favorite boss I've ever worked for, uses the reference all the time of the difference between teaching and coaching. And he says, coaching, to me, are the people that are on the sidelines screaming at their players on game day. He goes... For me, all the processes are track coach as well. He's like, everything that happens up to that, the teaching is essentially the most important thing, especially for his sport track, because he doesn't get a timeout in the middle of the race, very similar to we don't get a timeout in the middle of a soccer game to where they have to know how to troubleshoot. They have to know how to do different things and react to different situations without necessarily being prompted to all the time. And I think that exactly what you touched on, where the teaching is, especially in our sport, is such a crucial element, and it's not different to what professional teachers and superintendents need to do at their level. Like I've got a lot of friends that coach other sports. Like I've got uh, one of my best friends actually is a baseball coach and like, I'm always asking him or I'm talking to friends of mine that coach basketball or, or coach football. Like I'm constantly like picking their brains just because every sport we're all doing the same thing, except it's just a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm like, I'm a person, like I said, I I'm, I'm a sponge. Like if I want to know the information, I'm going to take in every word you say, but then I'm going to put my own little twist on it to whether it, if it's a thing from football or basketball and I'm going to turn it into soccer or if, uh, if it doesn't really match like my personality or the team's personality, I'll take what somebody else did, but you know, figure out that way to make it connect with, with our kids. The aspect of teaching is and, and, and teaching sports that, I mean, that's, that's the big thing of it. And I think, um, you know, we, in, in our soccer chat the other day, we were talking and I think one of the questions we were talking about, you know, what's one of the biggest problems with, with, with soccer players, youth soccer players currently. And we, I think everybody kind of agreed was our coaches have to be better. And that's where, you know, the coaching education comes from. And so I look at it as I'm the day that I know everything about soccer is the day that I probably should die. <laughs> um, and actually my, my technical director that I work for now, he, he made that comment one time about if you, if, if I ever know everything about soccer, like then my time is done. Like, I will have spent my entire life trying to figure it out. And I really believe that. And I, and I'm a person I can sit here and I'll give you the look that I know everything, but I know that I don't. 
Cause you, cause you have to have that swagger a little bit of like, yeah, like I got this such as my club game on Saturday, my keeper got a red card. I want to say that maybe has only happened once in 16 years of doing this. My boys turned around and they're like, coach, what formation we play just for like five seconds. I was dumbfounded. Like, uh, you two slide down, you know, just, and it made me think like, oh my gosh, like I've got to like, Worst case scenario, what am I going to do? Have that stored in the memory bank. Because uh, like I said, you know, like even after doing this for 16 years, like I'm still learning. I'm still taking classes. I'm still, my, my technical director that I'm currently working for, and I learned so much from him in almost a year, more than I have like everywhere else. And then he's, he's a NSCAA national staff member. And it's just like, I'm sure he gets tired of me texting them all the time. Or when we have our staff meetings, like I'm the first one there and I get there super early so we can talk about various stuff or I stay late and ask of various stuff. But I think that if we had more outreach and more networking with guys who have that knowledge with a thing like soccer chat, I think it's going to make everybody better in the long run. No, absolutely. I had two things that like that prompted when you were saying the um your previous stuff. One, I think the the story that you talked about with the red card thing's hilarious because I'm I'm a huge movie buff. I I think of like, movie quotes always come to head and when uh as soon as you said that U five seven one, I don't know if you remember, is submarine movie and one of the scenes, Matthew McConaughey, like it start everything starts to go chaos and he gets flustered and doesn't know what to do. And someone asks him a question. He's like, I don't know. And he has a meeting later with one of his uh, officers and he's like, No matter what, the captain always knows. He goes, no matter what, you have to be confident. You have to know your answer. And so it's one of those things that, like you said, it's especially in games, like if your team has to know you're steering the ship and knowing exactly what you're doing. But I think the other thing you said earlier about being a sponge is so crucial. Brad Stevens, who obviously coaches basketball, is one of my favorite coaches. And He's an Indiana him. boy. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite quotes I ever heard from him in an interview, and they were, he was obviously very young when he started at Butler, and they were asking him, so like – how did you become so successful so young? And he's, his answer really quickly was, well, I became the best thief in college basketball. He's like, I went to every clinic. I talked to every coaches and I took all of their stuff and I made it into my own. And, and specifically to what you're talking about, I think that that is no, no 11 players, no 22 players is ever going to be the same across teams. But there's things that you can take from every single coach and every single theme that you're either going to use and you're going to implement, or you're going to like, that is nothing that I could ever do or nothing that I will ever use, but at least I know how to coach against it now. And so there's yeah. always different things that you can take from other coaches and being a sponge, being a lifelong learner. I mean, it's uh, across professions is probably one of the most important things that we can do as a society. When I met my wife, I remember asking her, um, I think it was on the first date, actually. Don't hold me to that. But I remember asking her about, you know, what do you, what's your long-term goal? And she said, well, I didn't go to college to teach kids. Like, I went to college because I want to teach teachers. And I thought that was so cool. And it, like, resonated in my head. She's like, you know, I want to be a superintendent like my dad. Obviously, I was like, hey, I probably should marry this girl. She seems pretty smart. <laughs> and I could just remember being like, for whatever reason, that comment about I want to teach teachers just always stuck in my head. And I never really thought about it. Cause I, at the time, like, I mean, I, I had heard of a DOC, but I was just like, my DOCs never really showed up to anything. So I didn't really know <laughs> what they did. Um, and I just remember being like that getting stuck in my head and my first time seeing stuff like with NSCAA and being like, Oh, there are coaches who are teaching coaches. And that just like a light bulb went off. And 
to know that those people who are doing like the coaching education classes, well, yeah, they're teaching the classes, but they're also learning stuff from their classes. They got to go to. And so if those people are still learning, then there's no reason in the world I should not be learning. And, and I just, it's, it's so crazy. Like I said, you know, just, just from our soccer chat, it's just so crazy to see all these different methods. I'm sure there's probably stuff that people have tweeted out. I know I have that. I've been like, Oh, that's a really good idea. And you talked about Brad Stevens. I'm proud. I'm the biggest soccer thief bootleg free 99. Yes. I'll take that idea, write it down. And then when my team's like, Oh, Hey, that was a really cool session. Did you come up with that? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. But you know, it's still like they're kids. They, they don't know, but it, it's just, it's so cool that who would think that we're in a time period now that coaches from all over the country can get together, talk about soccer. We don't have to meet up at convention every year. We can just do this on Twitter, social media, any type of platform. And I have found since I, cause at first I was really anti Twitter. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, when I took a, the, the boys head coaching job, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to get on Twitter to like connect with the, with the kids. I found so many coaching users, whatever you want to call it. And I've gotten so much information from it and like meeting other and like finding other coaches on there and they're posting videos of, of drills they're doing, or they're posting pictures of, of their, of their sessions or uh, just different stuff. And it's just like, why would people not jump on the chance to, to learn from that stuff? And I know like I was reading the other day, the soccer community is actually one of the worst on social media. Our coaches aren't the most active on it compared to other sports, which I, I can totally understand that, especially like with football and basketball, because we live in America. Duh. You have the endless amounts of information at your fingertips at any second of the day. And all you gotta do is just get on your computer, tablet, or your phone, and you can pull up a lesson plan from some other coach or some other state's association. And they all put that out there for people to use. I don't know. I, just, I feel like the people that I meet, like, yeah, they, they use that. But I feel like there's so many more people that could benefit from stuff like that if they just go out and, and try it. No, absolutely. I think the, like, it, it, the funniest thing for me is, I mean, and I'm sure you, I played in very, I, I played in the late 2000s where everyone was running a three back with a deep sweeper. And so when I finally got out of there and the times had changed and people were starting to adapt to running flat back fours, running different things in the back, running five backs, it was, I had to Google how to do it because I'd never been taught it. And so yeah. literally my first probably two years of coaching was spent Googling how to teach rotation in a back four, watching YouTube videos on how to run a session to teach people how to do it just because one, I was a center mid, so I never had to worry about playing defense. And two, it was one of those things where you just, if you don't have the access to it and you don't seek the access to it, you're just not going to learn it. And it's, I, I think that being on social media is one of the best ways to go about doing it. It's always funny too, because one of the most disappointing things to me is when I find a coach that I truly love and I go to try to like find his Twitter handle and he doesn't have one and I can't steal all of his stuff. I can't, yes. there's, there's, like, there's a coach, uh, uh, his name's Paul Asante. He, he's a squash coach at a school called Trinity and uh, I believe it's out East. And it's so funny because I read his book and I was like, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep following this guy. And I went to his Twitter thing. Anything he posted like something once in like 2014, so I couldn't steal any more of his stuff. And I was like, God dang it. I'm going to have to keep buying your books now. 
it's so upsetting when you see a guy that you look up to because you read his books or you you watch his team play, you read the articles about him, and then you don't have that connection to him. Yeah. No, and coaching is such an exponential thing where, like, very much to your point, if that coach changes your life and then you go on to change 20 other kids' life, they're going to, they might go on to change. What if, what if one of them become a coach or a teacher or upper management where they're going to go and affect 20 other people's lives? And it really is just a, a, an exponential factor that continues to grow. I think that with all this stuff, I, I think the biggest thing we've kind of pointed out with the soccer chat thing is just to continue to build your community and don't be afraid to take no. I'm sure you the same. When I first got started in college coaching, I would send every division one program emails in the country just to ask to like come work their camps. And I probably, the first few years, I barely heard back from any of them because I was a 22 year old kid that was, had no real uh, connection to them. And then, but eventually one person got me in and then another person got me in. And now I spend my entire winter, summer, every time I'm not playing or coaching in season, working other people's camps, observing other people's practices, talking to other coaches. And it's, it just takes not being afraid to hear no from someone and just continuing to mm-hmm. push and push and push until eventually someone lets you in that door and lets you really get into it. I mean, I, I'm very fortunate the staff up at University of Wisconsin, they, like, I, I remember they let me in last summer and I shot them an email, uh, gosh, probably uh, November of this year. And I was like, hey, I know you guys start off season stuff. Can I just come and watch you guys practice for like three to four days? And like, yeah, for sure. And so I literally just went there and sat and watched them practice. Like, they had to run their session, so they didn't really get to communicate with me at all during practice. But just being in that environment, seeing what they're doing, seeing how all three of their coaches communicate to their players. And it, it was just a very cool experience to have and something that, I mean, again, I'm such an adolescent in terms of coaching and the experience I've had compared to some of those guys. Every time I watch an interview with Anson Dorrance or I watch an interview with another coach with a similar level of experience, I'm like, gosh, you know so much and I know so little. And it's those types of experiences get you a little bit closer to eventually getting to that point. Yeah. I was the same way. I emailed anybody that would let me come to their practices and I still do it. I'll go watch any coach's session and, and I'll, and I'll be the guy that's like, Hey, like, why did you do this? Or I'll be the, I'm, I'll be the geek. And like, Hey, can I get a copy of your lesson plan before you guys go out there? I think most staffs, especially college coaches, I think most would totally accept somebody if they email was like, Hey, I'm a coach at this club or I'm a coach at this high school or, you know, I'm, I'm a young starting coach, uh, with, with whatever age group I just want to watch, like, is there a way that I could come watch you? And I feel like most schools would say, yeah, come on in. Like, that's fine. Just cause it's, it's a, at least most, most coaches that I know, like those coaches want stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a chance for them to like, I mean, there's a, when there's someone coming to watch your practice, you're going to prepare a little bit more. You're probably going to rehearse a little bit just to make sure that, I mean, your session for your players is probably going to be a little bit better just because you're, you're going to definitely make sure it's fine tuned because someone's going to be observing you, which is never a bad thing. It's funny. I teach a class here, um, a sports leadership class. And one of our assignments this year was I made everyone in the class. We had about, I think we had 28 people in the class had to go observe a spring practice and conduct an interview with a coach on campus. And so they had to, one, the students had to prepare questions and make sure, but it was funny to watch. I mean, it was awesome for me because I got to see all these coaches answers to questions about leadership, how they go about 
building their team culture, how they prepare for practice. And it, and it was funny because you could tell like a few of the coaches came up to me afterwards. They're like, I, I really appreciated that just because I actually had to be able to justify my answers to someone. And not that they probably, not that they didn't have those justifications, but they never had to do it externally before. So it kind of gave them a little practice with justifying what they were trying to do for their players and how they were going about doing stuff. My, my wife is doing her PhD in educational leadership currently, and she had a uh, observation class recently. Um, and because she was on maternity leave at the time, she wasn't able to actually observe anybody in her school, but she had to do some type of leadership function. So she came to one of my, my sessions. She did the observation just like she would like a classroom, literally wrote down every single detail. I mean, we're talking, cause I asked her to, to let me see it. She's like, why, you know? And I was like, I want to see it through your eyes. Like, what, what do you see that I'm, I'm not going to see? And the way that this class teaches her is, I mean, you write down the time, the place, the environment, what people are wearing, every single word, because they have to record it at the same time. Every single like conversation that like has something to do with everything that's going on. And I can remember I, she finally let me read it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I never even thought about like some of that stuff or I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that. I wish I would have saw that. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I think to have your self observe, but at the same time, observe someone else. Uh, and that, and that's cool that your class does that. Like I, that's super, that's awesome. That was a horrible way for me to be like, that's awesome. I should have been a little bit more like pumped up about it. Like, man, that is so awesome that your kids do that. And have that type of assignment. That's amazing. Your voice inflection was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. No, it, it was, it, honestly, it was, it was very fun for me because I had a bunch, I did it with a bunch of guest speakers coming to class as well. And uh, so a bunch of coaches on class, around campus had to prepare talks for me. And it, I mean, again, our, it's cool to see which coaches I are really, and every coach is treated differently by both their players and the, the people on campus. And it was funny when our athletic director came in, he's, He's our track coach, athletic directory. I think he's been in the school. Gosh, he's for longer than I've been alive. I think it's 37 years or something like that. And That's when he longer come, than me too, brother. <laughs> and when he came in, it was dead silent. Like he just, it, the room, he just commands it. And it's, it's funny because it, you would have other coaches come in a little bit younger and they, they wouldn't necessarily have that commanding presence. And it was, it was, it was just unique to see how different coaches talked, how different coaches their body language, what they did with their hands. It's because I'm one of those people I talk with my hands all the time. So now I'm really self-conscious about it from watching all the other coaches come in, the ones that would, the ones that wouldn't. And I think, yeah, again, having the chance to observe other people and get observed yourself. And one of the kids came in and interviewed me for the project. And I was like, oh God, like I have to grade a paper about myself. And so this is going to be interesting. Well, that kid got an A for sure. <laughs> I, I think he did get an A. But he, he's, he's probably the brightest kid in the class too. So in his defense, he, he's a good suck up. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to get good grades, you got to be a good suck up at some point. For sure. For sure. To, to, to kind of wrap things up here a little bit, because this, this is just a, the sample show. Uh, I'm intrigued to meet coaches that I've never heard of, or I've never met and, and pick their brain. And, and I'm sure Nick's the same way. Uh, but at the same time, like we want to open it up to those who are listening, the other coaches who are listening, and you know we're gonna we're, we'll have it on on Wednesday nights where if you get on the the hashtag soccer chat, we'll have a point where you can start submitting questions to us, and we're gonna do our best to answer those. and And we want other people to chime in and say, hey, like we heard you answered it this way, but what about doing this instead? Uh, those are things that that we are interested in, and that's you know as we've kind of said throughout this whole theme is this we want to create this 
this network, this community, this family uh, of coaches and, and just try to get everybody's ideas and thoughts out there and, and just work together for the common of making these kids that we're working with better. And I think, uh, you know, I, I want to say that one of the big things that I think is going to be good for the show is that you do have Nick who's on the women's side. You have myself that's on the men's side. Uh, so we do have the best of both worlds here. And I think as the shows continue going on, like I said, this is the first time we've ever really chatted other than on Twitter. And I think as time goes on, you'll find out that we'll get a little bit more open. There may be a show where it's more Nick's strength and he's going to do most of the, of the, the communicating uh, and, and, and vice versa. So I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see where this is going to head to. I'm super pumped about it. I definitely want to thank social media for high school athletes uh, for uh, hosting this podcast for us. Uh, you can download here uh, and, and we want to make sure that people are subscribing to it and leave us a review uh, that definitely helps with us. Uh, let's us know what you think. And, and, and it's going to be, I think it's, we're in for a, a awesome little run here. No. Yeah. I think it, I'm excited just because again, with this, it's, it's going to force us to both be able to justify what we're doing and to really not coming into this. I mean, we're going to have to prepare a little bit and really do a lot of, uh, have our own conversations, not only on this, but outside the podcast and really get the chance to learn a lot from other coaches. And I think that especially for me now going out to like all the practices and games and showcases that I watch, I think it's going to be, I'm going to be even a little bit more observant because now that I know that I'm going to have to be on here and talking a little bit more about myself, it's going to be um, something that I want to be more and more confident in it with each day we go. But I think like you said, it's, it's fun to be able to have these conversations because I mean, again, we're across the country from each other right now. And so to be able to have these conversations with you and other coaches, is just going to be, it's going to be so exciting to finally actually get to do this on a more regular basis. Um, because it's, I mean, again, the, the chances you get to do this, especially being from smaller towns around here are very, very rare and getting to see other people and do these things is just going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. But man, like, you know, as, as we, as we wrap up here in these, this last couple of minutes, uh, how can people contact you, you know, on, on Twitter and, and email, stuff like that? Yeah, no. So I recently just changed my handle. So hopefully I say this right. Um, Twitter, it's now at coach N Rizzo and Rizzo spelled like the Cubs player, Anthony Rizzo, um, which is awesome because now people know how to spell my last name for the most part without me ever saying it. And I can try to get a few free drinks at bars if they're Cub fans. Um, Email I, I, must be I, awesome having an easy last name. Yeah, it's your name. Your name's not terrible. It's it's kind of like what it sounds based off what you've been telling me. Um, but yeah, uh, email. But, wait a second. Go ahead. No, email the best way is nrizzo at monmouthcollege.edu, and Monmouth is spelled M-O-N and then mouth, and that's the probably the two easiest ways to get me. And does your team have like a have social media that people can check out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our is Scott's W soccer. Um, so Scott is we're the fighting Scots and W as in women and soccer as in the sport we all play. You ever thought about wearing a kilt for a game? We actually, the best part about our school is we have a bagpipe team. Um, and so I swear to God, I'll send you videos. It's awesome. So randomly on certain days on campus which i'm sure the kids love at 8 a.m the we have a specific theme song and so we'll have a bagpiper standing in front of the library uh playing our specific theme song and so for all the sports i play on campus we're a little bit off campus 
leading the teams onto the field is a group of bagpipers that will play our school song leading the team onto the field. It's pretty it's pretty Get spectacular. Get out of here. That's incredible. It, I've it, never heard of anything like that before. I'll I'll sh- I'll, send, I'll send you videos. It's it's it, like it really I so they were showing I remember when I first got here on the interview and that was something that they were like they were saying that I I thought they were being sarcastic. I really didn't believe that it was something that actually happened until I got here and it is something we have our own, I, um, gosh, I'm going to butcher it tartan. Um, so like there's in Scottish culture, you, there's like different patterns on that you put on kilts and we have our own specific, I believe it's called tartan. I, if I say it wrong and someone listens to this, I'm probably going to get, get crucified. But so we have our own specific school tartan that you can find in like this big directory of tartans across the world. That's super cool bagpipes if you if you ever want to walk out onto the field with a bagpipe band you need I'm to call out coach Rizzo. um my i'm coach Soderling, uh s-o-d-e-r-l-i-n-g and then uh my my team can be found at at abm sock uh, you know you can see everything that we do on there uh we kind of like to use it as the view of the program from the coach's eyes so that way people are seeing what we do also email me at coach Soderling at Gmail. Pretty much everything that I'm on is coach Soderling. Yes, we are the gift masters. We're, I'm trying to get it to where we are named like the best soccer coach giffers. That's even a word. <laughs> and if it's not, then I just created it and I better get some royalties from it. But I want the two of us to be the best soccer coach giffers in the world. Um, so you may see the both of us tweeting back and forth, uh, just moving pictures. Um, from movies and TV shows. He's more of a movie guy. I'm not, a, I'm not much of a movie guy. I, I'm a TV show guy. Uh, so I do like, okay. A lot of my gifts are wrestling just cause like the, the phrases and the people make the, make the answer or the tweet reply back the amazing, but I, and also as well, we're both uh, a part of the Wednesday night soccer chats, which is what this all is about. Not about pro wrestling and stuff like that. I'll get on a tangent on that. If I, if I don't stop, but that is at chat soccer, no E. So just C H A T S O C C R hop on Wednesdays on the hashtag soccer chat. I like the name of this podcast and Nick, it was awesome. I'm, I'm glad we finally got started on this through all of our technical difficulties. Uh, yesterday, I think, uh, it's just a little sample, a little preview of, of what, of what we've got coming. And if this is what it's going to be like, uh, I, I think the sky is the limit for us. It's going to be fun. I'm very, very excited. Once again, he is Coach Nick Rizzo. You can find him on Twitter at Coach N Rizzo. And, and my name is Sean Soderling. You can find me on Twitter at Coach Soderling. You can find our, our podcast at Chat Soccer. Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Hashtag Soccer Chat. Check it out. We'll be back next week. And we're going to have a lot more soccer chatting for everyone. Thank you for listening. Thanks for downloading. Tell your friends, tell your coaches, and we'll see you guys next week.